Hi, everybody, and a very pleasant good day to you, wherever you may be. My name is Jacob Norling, and welcome to my podcast next year. I am a senior play-by-play broadcaster at Westmont College, and for me, getting a front-row seat to some of the greatest athletes that Westmont has to offer has inspired me to pursue a platform outside of broadcasting that allows me to get more in-depth and more personal with, in my opinion, some of Westmont's greatest protagonists. And today, we get to sit down, finally, with Coach Johnny Whalen of the men's soccer team, and just get to hang out a bit on air as we've been looking forward to for months. So without further ado, with the coach, off we go with next year. All right, Johnny, how are we doing, man? Hey, with that intro, I think I should be doing push-ups right now. Maybe some Whoa, it's, squats uh, and, and, and cartwheels. I try to have it be as extra and dramatic as possible. Like I, I like to play on the idea that I probably take myself too seriously as is as an NEIA broadcaster. So adding a Star Wars or Avengers theme song in there makes it all the more like justified. Well, yeah, I thought, man, we're we're headed right into Star Wars. This is this is epic in many ways, many many Heck ways. Yeah. So th- thanks for having me. Uh, of course, man. I've been looking forward to this one for months. You know, one of the when I started the podcast, I think back in September, it was right towards the beginning of soccer season, and you're one of the first names I had thought of as far as sitting down and getting to do this. So it's crazy that it almost took us till May to find a spot where it lined up. But I'm glad that before the school years ended, that we finally get a chance to do it. Well, I uh, <laughs> sorry for the delay. Um, you know, it's it's a pity that we're uh, in coronavirus because. You know, you'd never know. I might be all dressed up here at home with a suit and tie on and may have spent an hour on my hair today, but uh, the listeners won't get to get to see that, I guess. So, uh, so one of the, I think the biggest part I miss about being in person is as far as a podcast wise is I, I like to commemorate all my recordings with a picture with my guests to be able to look back on and record on. And I just I don't get that here. And it is so much less personal with with a, you know, a phone and the internet being in between me and a guest as opposed to just, you know, a, a small table or something. So it's, it's definitely a bummer, but it'll be, it'll be exciting nonetheless. And I guess we'll just, you know, jump right into it. I will ask you, you know, what is your day to day looking like right now during the, the COVID-19 stuff? Yeah, no, it's, uh, that's a question that I think, uh, I find myself asking people a lot. Um, uh, I think, um, there's a balance between overfilling one's day with Zoom calls and underfilling one's day with nothing to do, and I'm trying every day to find that middle ground. Um, I think uh, there's certainly no wrong answers to this, but there's certain things that my wife and I have found really beneficial for us in this whole thing, um, and uh, maybe we'll we'll share some of those as this call goes on. But I would say. Uh, the world of Zoom has taken up a large majority of what I do during the week, um, and I think that's mostly a positive. It's basically ringer with a video, right? Uh, but uh, I think you're trying to connect with people. Um, I spend all of my recruiting hours now on video. That's a big change from the past. I just ended up deciding that recruits didn't mind seeing coaches right now because they didn't really have anything else to do. So that's definitely changed the way recruiting works for me, and I think in a real positive way. Um, so recruiting, um, I work with some club soccer things. I work 
with some summer camp administrative things for the school. Um, I try to listen in to interviews with people I respect. There's been a lot of a lot of different things, and then you know I think by far in a way kind of the most important piece of all this for my wife and me is to be able to get some consistent exercise each day. Um, we try to keep the TV off until it gets dark, um, mm-hmm. and I've been pretty good about that. But uh, video gaming, uh, a absolutely critical part of most people's lives, is not part of mine because the only thing I have here is Super Nintendo. I think we could spend the rest of this podcast talking about Super NES. Um, and uh, I know some listeners out there are just not in their heads right now as this takes them back to their childhood. But we literally only have a Super Nintendo at the Whalens. And uh, if you played FIFA 94 on it with me for five minutes, you would be bored to tears and you would need psychological help for the next 14 months. Oh, man, I can't imagine. Sometimes, like, my parents will walk in and I'm playing, like, you know, a sports game from 2020 and like obviously not now because there's no games going on but like they they confuse it with live games sometimes that's how crazy the graphics are you know i i can't play a game that's released in 2010 because i think the graphics are too slow and unrealistic i can't imagine trying to play a cartoon on the on the tv (laughs) oh man but it's hilarious uh to be clear i haven't played super nintendo in probably six months but it is really funny i think my wife maybe over last fall sometime said hey why don't you get it on and let's play a little like super mario mickey mouse or something there's a variation of it where it's all disney characters so we did that and i was literally just crying on the couch it was so so funny and yet like low graphic when you play when you play any of the sports games from that time period which is literally all i had as a kid was sports games um they have so uh so far um behind where technology is today that if one player goes up all of them go up and if one player goes left all of them go left it's just Mm -hmm. comical so um i I know that the soccer team uh has a much better gaming experience than i do and uh i can say for the most part uh video games for me are not what i'm spending my time on but uh take me back to it back to a good super uh, nintendo game and i get interested so uh, I guess I, I do want to touch, you know, speaking of video games in childhood, I'd, I'd love to just ask you about, you know, where your passion for sports and, you know, soccer specifically manifested at a young age. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I'm trying to come up with an answer that I think will make Timmy Hajduk proud because I know he's mm-hmm. one of your VIP guests on the show. And all, all I want is to get a re-invite some point in the future. So, um <laughs> uh but I, I you know i grew up in a time and era where soccer wasn't the most important thing to me honestly and i actually think that's one of the realities of why i don't get burnout with it now um mm-hmm. it's funny even thinking about it out loud like when i was a kid i played every sport um my my dad and i have had you know really a, a lot of sports a, a love of sports in common and so we just did everything together sports-wise, but really never soccer because he didn't play soccer. So we did basketball and played some tennis and uh, you know, baseball. We tossed the baseball in the front yard and um, he used to serve me tennis balls and I'd, I'd hit them with a you know aluminum bat and work on BP. But, you know, all those things, soccer was like a once 
a, a year thing in terms of it was in the fall for a while and then they started adding it into the spring and I still did everything else. So even all the way up through um, the end of high school, I was doing soccer seasonally. Maybe it was my junior or senior year that I started to really focus on it. Um, and then I took a gap year between high school and college and just focused on soccer. Maybe we can come back to that at some point here. But uh, bottom line, I rarely watched soccer as a kid. It was never on. The only thing it was on was Telemundo. So I would end up listening to it in Spanish. And uh, on Sunday afternoons, that was the time I could get it. I didn't have cable as a kid. So, uh, well, I didn't watch a lot of soccer. and. I didn't talk soccer shop a lot with people, but I really enjoyed playing and became a fun part of my middle school and high school experience. And then since then, it's really become, you know, my first love. So, so sport-wise. How, how did that love transition from, you know, at, at end of high school, you know, to that gap year in college? You know, how did it, I guess, you know, if you're finding you're talking for a minute about it, like, transition from you know that that kind of just building passion to now you know something that you spend a, quite a lot of time doing at Westmont especially yeah um well I think the other thing I need to mention about high school is I grew up in uh, New England and Boston or just outside and so you know you're dealing with very different issues than here in SoCal in terms of light during the winter in terms of weather and so it's just more natural to go play an indoor sport for a third of the year um and uh back then there wasn't the da there wasn't you know year-round club teams uh, at all at least where i was in new england and so um i think that's changed now i think there's teams that literally just train year year round either using indoor facilities in the winter uh it, or, or literally shovel snow uh, off the fields but yeah so that that that's that's one reason it never became a year-round thing, and um, I think what happened for me with soccer was that I always was gifted with it from a high school and club level, and ended up viewing that as something that could be a big part of my identity in college. Went through the recruiting process uh, in a pretty big way. Um, played college soccer at the end. Uh, is where I found my love of coaching of college or, or of, of, of soccer in general and then specifically in college. That's a very short answer. I just went through about five or six years of life right there. But, uh, you know, it was at the end of college that I realized that coaching was something I was interested in. Right on. So how did you first get in touch with Coach Wolf or whoever it was that helped you with the hiring process at Westmont? Yeah, really good question. Um, so I went to Wheaton College, which is in uh, Chicago land, and um, I can remember uh, seeing Coach Wolf. I won't say the word meet because I don't think we actually met, but I remember seeing him when I was a freshman player at Wheaton in the fall at a training session where he and his brother Phil actually came out to our training field to meet and say hello to my college head coach who was also their college head coach and and um dave and phil were back in wheaton uh for some family uh things because his parents lived there and uh maybe someday i'll let dave share that part of the story uh with, with you or with others but uh i remember being so impressed by dave and phil and and i think they were probably introduced 
to us uh, as a team by head coach uh, Joe Bean. And so that was the first time two and a half years later. I was a junior at Wheaton College, uh, ready to leave Wheaton College, at least short term. Soccer was something I was miserable in. And I needed to get away. And there was a school called Westmont College that I heard about that was in Santa Barbara, California. And I had never been to California in my entire life. And I was 21 at the time. And I said, I'm going on consortium to Westmont College. And because of that moment of, you know, like, I need to leave. Let's get out of here. Let's go somewhere. I basically picked Westmont because I'd seen a, you know, flyer on the wall with a beach and a, you know, a college logo, <laughs> something like that. And and I'd heard about it a little bit from people I knew. Um, yeah, that's how I got to Westmont was in the spring of my junior year, which is uh, 2005. and then. Um, I ended up uh, I ended up sending an email to Coach Wolf in December of that previous semester uh, while I was still at Wheaton and said, would you give me a chance to be on the team for at least a tryout just for the spring? I'm not going to be there the whole year, so this would be just like a visiting thing, and it would be really uh, – it'd mean a lot to me if I could get that chance. So – uh, sent the email, thought there's no way in heck this is going to work out, and uh, but at least I tried. And I then called, and some listeners potentially will be thrilled to hear this next part. I then reached out to a guy that I considered a mentor of mine named Mike Avery. Mike Avery is a uh, soccer legend at Westmont. He was the captain, one of the captains of the 89 team. Um, at that point, I didn't know all this, but I just knew that he had gone to Westmont College, and I had met Mike uh, on several uh, occasions while I was working as a staff coach at the University of Notre Dame during the summer camps there. And I called Mike and I said, is there any chance you'd be willing to reach out to Coach Wolf um, to recommend me to Westmont? And, and Mike was the assistant at Notre Dame at that time. And I'll never, ever forget the fact that Mike Avery reached out on my behalf. I think that was something that um, maybe helped Coach Wolf take the risk of adding me to the team just for a two-week trial that spring. And that was the, you know, that spring changed my love of soccer, changed my, my love of the game, changed my love of Westmont, changed my desires in terms of what I wanted to do as, as, a, as a coach. Um, yeah. So – Take that moment in time in 2005, and you know, a year and a half later, I came back and spent a summer as an intern for the athletic department after I graduated Wheaton. Had a terrific experience. I uh, got to meet a lot of the coaches, like Coach Smelly and, and, and his family, and um, Coach Moore and Coach Azen. Um, and from there, you know, I, I just knew Westmont was a place I would always respect. And that's 2006 in the summer. And in December of 2012, I got fired from my job as a, a Division three head coach in New England. I had no idea what I should do next. Uh, I couldn't fathom the fact I'd been fired from a job. And I think at the time, there was some real disappointment and bitterness about that. And uh, 
which I, I could say is, is definitely something that I've uh, moved on from and now see some great blessings of having been at Gordon and, and learning through those experiences there. Um, called Dave Wolf, said, hey, need, 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 need some advice. What does one do when one gets fired from a job they thought they were going to be at for a long time? And um, he said some really good, good, good wis wisdom to me. And then said at the very end of the conversation, uh, you're not interested in thinking about working here at Westmont, would you? And I said, you might be surprised. And I think literally two days later, I was on a plane visiting Westmont. That just did a visit, uh, met met with some people, and um, honestly, that's that's how it happened. Very grateful wow. for that's, for all that I, hindsight. I appreciate you. <clears throat> yeah, I appreciate you sharing. I, I I think my favorite part of every single episode with, with this is everybody's story and journey to Westmont because you know for, for the athletes, some of them are simple, but for the most part, they are pretty heartfelt, emo emotional stories, and for the coaches. You know, all the more just because, you know, it, it's it's your real life. You know, it's it's your it's your adult life. It's not just a game you're playing. It's a game that you're also investing in and helping young people grow through. So it's, it's special knowing all all you went through and just, you know, the windy path to wind up somewhere to where, you know, I, I can definitely tell you're you're meant to be and you belong. And it, it's special to, you know, years later get to, I guess, you know, just cross paths with that. And and like uh, I, 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 here's a good time, I guess, just uh, say thanks to you for making me feel so welcomed into the soccer program. And along with that, just the Westmont community, I tell people so much that broadcasting is really what gave me my first real sense of belonging and home at Westmont. And I was I, I had started with baseball, you know, a year ago, and that was fantastic getting close with those people and those fans. And I was really excited for soccer. Because, you know, it's, it's my best friends play on the soccer team, but I, I knew that it, you know, really the relationship with the team only goes so far as your relationship with the coaching staff and the parents as well. And I guess one of my most special memories this year was was you offering to have me join you guys for Thanksgiving. And that, that is my favorite Thanksgiving of all time was getting to hang out with you guys before you guys left for the national tournament this past November. And I guess like I said, I just I, I appreciate you being so welcoming as, you know, Coach Wolf was with you and. You know, years later, you know, little things like just extending your hand and making someone feel like they belong. It goes a long way and just confidence and stability and just continuing to make Westmont feel like a home I'll have forever, no matter what happens after this year. So I appreciate it, Johnny. Well, you're welcome. You know, the only reason I'm nice to you at all is, you know, I want to hit you up for fundraising checks in the in the future. You know, the million dollar checks. Oh, 100%. I, yeah. I figure, figure Jake Norling <laughs> Man, that guy's going to the top, and I just, I just want to hang on to his coattails. So, it's not that I actually oh, like you at my all. ESPN money, half of it, half of it's going to the program, of course. <laughs> just the soccer, actually. Uh, no, oh, I, of course, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, hey, I, I, I certainly, uh, I think I can resonate a lot with some of your interests. Um, so, find, find, find that. Yeah, find, of course, you know, speaking of those in. Yeah, speaking of those interests, we can talk about you thinking about or not thinking about really actually going forward, starting your own podcast. You want to talk to the folks at home a little bit about that going forward? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh here because I know there's people chuckling right now. Um, my first guest will probably be President Barack Obama. Um, I thought we'd, we'd start with him. He's actually one of the men I most deeply, start, yeah. most deeply admire, honestly. But uh I don't think he'll be my first guest. Um, you know, honestly, uh, I really enjoy conversations with people. 
Um, I enjoy uh, asking questions. Um, I, I really do. And I enjoy learning. Um, I don't know if I was always that way, but I think it's it's something that's a strength of mine. Uh, you know, my wife thinks I'm a little nuts because I enjoy listening to so many podcasts. And um, but, you know, I think it's it's an interesting time to even consider doing something like a podcast um, for, for for public consumption. Um, I will say publicly now for uh, uh, for the written historical record that Jacob Norling has agreed to be my first guest on my podcast. That was a requirement for me to be on his. So uh, my podcast is uh, tentatively titled In My Head uh, with Johnny Whalen and uh, uh, Jake Norling will be my first guest on that show. So um, looking forward to seeing, see, seeing where it goes. That'll be a blast. Um, Seeing where it goes. Yeah. But uh, honestly, the idea of a podcast is not something that ever, you know, there was no podcast world when I was a kid. First time, you know, I think podcasts really dawned on me were probably maybe even three years ago. So I I, I find it a fascinating way to, to interact. So. Yeah, it's, it's a blast. Like, I think it's been one of the more rewarding things I've done in my young life. I mean, I, I'm excited. My my thought process is I'm going to do these Westmont episodes and figure out whatever happens in the future. And no matter what job or where I'm doing it, be able to continue at every step of the way. Because I think it's it's nice just to be able to sit down with people and just show that you you, you give a damn about what, they're, what they've been through, what they're going through, and how just relatable it can be. Because, you know, I listen to, you know, celebrity podcasts, I mean, whether that's athletes or broadcasters and it's something I can relate to and believe in when I hear them talk about, you know, the current events that they're also going through and the journeys that they also went through. So I think on a small community level, like, you know, just Westmont, for example, it's, it's powerful to let people just have another sense of community. And I, I guess I wanted to ask, you know, what kind of things do you think you're going to be, you know, talking about? Is it going to be exclusive to sports or coaches or players or current events? You know, who knows? Dogs? What are you going to be talking about? Yeah. You know, I think if my wife had her way, it would be only about dogs. Uh, even as I'm speaking, I'm looking at our dog who's just passed out on the floor. Just the world could be coming to an end right now, and, and she wouldn't even know if Benny the dog wouldn't know. Partly because Benny's deaf as a doorknob. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, let's just say I don't think dogs will be the focal point of the podcast. I, I honestly think... It will be a mix of business and sports and life. Um, I don't think it's going to be, you know, cookie cutter to one subject. Uh, some of the podcasts I most enjoy listening to, including yours, um, take take twists and turns that I don't think the leader uh, listener expects. And I, I think also as an interviewer, it's really interesting to go into kind of rabbit holes that maybe wouldn't be part of a normal interview. And so... Uh, I think it brings a little bit of excitement for the for the guests being interviewed to talk about things that are maybe not typically what they have to talk about with media. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. You know, m maybe you'll be the only guest ever on the show. It'll be a colossal, uh, you know, failure because I, you know, can't, can't get Barack Obama on it. But uh, I actually am quite excited about the concept, and and you've you've inspired me to even look into and, and, and learn how to do this a little bit. So I, I think you're going to have a blast because exactly. I can tell you, you know, your, your passion for people is very obvious in conversation as a whole. So that you're, you're going to have such a good time. It, it, it's going to be so fun. Are you, uh, 
So what 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 made you settle on? I know you said it's one of a few options, but in my head, what made you what, what, what makes you want to choose that right now? Um, I I like to get in people's heads and just think about what they're <laughs> thinking, and I don't. Yeah, that probably comes across strange. I, I I just find it really interesting <laughs> to know what people are thinking. I mean that I mean that in a genuine uh, way, but uh, yeah, yeah. You know, if if I could sit with with uh, President Obama, I I would want to talk with him about everything except politics. So that 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 that's honestly one of you know the things I most admire about him is just how he treats people. And I'm not political. This is not why I'm on your show right now. But um, you know, I, I think if you put me in a room with Messi, I wouldn't spend the majority of the time wanting to talk soccer shop. I'd want to talk business finances how he figures out where to give, how does he deal with media, how does he deal with celebrity, how does he reconcile all of that with growing up just as a kid who is just a person, you know? And so mm. I think, you know, I, I've had an opportunity to meet a lot of pro soccer players at this point, and, and some of it has been because of our, our unique ability to host pro teams and I don't need a picture or an autograph with anyone in the world soccer wise. I would just love five minutes to talk life and, 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 and learn. And certainly soccer can be a part of it and uh, training habits, nutrition habits. How does one keep their psyche strong when they're struggling? All those things. But, you know, that, that's where I think podcasts can become really interesting because when you look at a place like ESPN or you know, all the major news stuff, it's always like, hey, Get over here, LeBron. Let's talk basketball. Like, I don't want to talk basketball with LeBron. I want to talk about what it's like for him, you know, off the court and how is, you know, and business really matters to him because you can, you can see some of his, his, his money decisions and, uh, that are, you know, public info. Like, I don't know. I want to know where that came from. And, uh, but I'm also interested to talk to the guy who's the 12th guy on the bench. Uh, you know, or the the twelfth man who's one contract away from losing his money. Like, how are you using your money right now to protect yourself in case you don't get signed next year? Are you blowing it now? Or are you investing it? Are you putting it away? How do you stay level headed when you could lose this all at you know all in a snap of a you know a decision by an executive? So you know, I find that really interesting. Partly because I was the guy on the bench at Wheaton that rarely played and then had to figure out how do I fight through that to try to get onto the field. And certainly there wasn't any money things involved, but you know, I think just, you know, I admire the top of the top of a roster. And I also really admire the bottom of the roster. Both are equally interesting to me because of some of the things that those players have to deal with. Yeah, of course. I, I value Nick and Jose both the same. You know, I, I, <laughs> If I responded to that comment, I could get in trouble. So I'll just say I don't. I'll just say I don't like either of them. So <laughs> that that that's, that's a joke. That's a joke. I, I love those guys. So yeah, I know. I know if if any of them will listen, it's Nick. So Nick's the one that's getting the compliment because I know I know Jose is not going to click on my podcast. He's too cool for that. I've been in both of their uh, home, home worlds. I can tell you that those guys are good dudes and. Uh, I'm 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 great no, grateful fantastic. for them both. So, some of my favorite people, not only at West Knopf, but 
just in the whole world. Is I, I wanted to kind of bounce off what you were saying, and I wanted to ask you outside of outside of soccer. You know, what are your what are your passions? You know, what what gets you going? Because you know, like for me, you know, baseball is not everything. For you, soccer is not everything. So, you know, what you, what are your passions? What keeps you going? You know, what what do you look forward to in, in a normal day? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I I I I'm just uh, you know struck these days by intentionality of others uh whether it's intentionality to invest in one's body or or in one's relationship or one's personal faith growth or one's uh you know eating habits i i I just you know i think i think i'm learning a lot from just looking at other people these days and so you know things for me that are interesting um podcasts first of all uh Zoom calling with uh, with the team. Uh, there's there's things I've really enjoyed about that, and maybe we'll we'll talk about some of those things later on. But uh, Zoom calling with family uh, that's been an interesting experience. Really, really positive overall. Um, when's the last time I would have ever thought of FaceTiming or getting on a, a call with our entire family on the East Coast or Midwest? except for the coronavirus. So suddenly I actually think we're seeing our family a lot more than I would have done in a normal uh, normal context. Um, exercising, I, I live out on the end of a road. Um, I won't say what road, but uh, I think, think that the, the reality is that where I live just sets up for a brutal two-mile loop is what I call it. Uh, and it's not ever flat, really, and it's really, really tough to do. But I try to do that consistently, uh, three or four days a week. Um, I've enjoyed going over to Westmont on occasion, following correct social distance rulings uh, by the CDC. If you're listening, CDC. Um, and when I go over there, I uh, uh, enjoy saying a quick hello to people. Uh, and, uh, I actually am now mowing the lawn on Lovick field several days a week, which has been really fun for me, really satisfying to learn how to do that. And I learned, learn from Phil Baker and then just be able to do something to, uh, you know, maybe help us much. So it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. I guess right on. I, I wanted to ask about, like I'd mentioned, you know, a few of my guys co- coaching and everything. What do you find? Because I'm assuming, I basically, I'll skip the on-the-field stuff. Off the field, what are, what are the most satisfying and just fulfilling aspects of getting to invest in young lives? Um, there are a lot of things. Uh, first of all, and, and by far the biggest, is that I had people invest in me and still have people invest in me, but absolutely had people invest in me when I was in college that made a great impact on my life. and. That's what I want to do for someone else, honestly. Um, so that's where it all comes from. Um, that's one thing. Secondly, I really uh, enjoy seeing someone succeed. Coach Wolf has a, a phrase, motivation through affirmation. And, and to me, that's just probably one reason why he and I clicked so well back in 2005 is that, you know, I love encouraging people, uh, certainly in the sports world challenging them. I think I can get nasty a little bit better now than I could early on in my coaching career, or I can certainly, it's not all fun and games, but, uh, 
I could still still be really positive. Um, I love winning. I love winning championships. Um, and so I think if you do the right stuff off the field with teams and culture and recruiting and player development, you can win on the field. And I think our track record shows that. Uh, we've done some really good things in the last seven years, last four years, and, you know, with aims of being good in the future too. So I think all those things are motivating to me. I, I Ultimately, at the end of the day, I want every guy on our team to graduate from Westmont and to walk away from here saying they had a great experience. If, if, yeah, if nothing definitely. else, it's, it's a, it's a we can lose every player, game, yeah. and if they can still say that, hey, that that's awesome to me. Um, and I, I, I am one small part of a big machine that can hopefully, in the end, produce out that desired goal. You know, it takes it takes a village to do that. Yeah, and I think that the soccer team and the the culture and the generation thing is cool because you know you go from Coach Wolf down down to you, and you know now now Timmy working in the sports information office, and to me it's. It's hard to believe that Tim's not going to be there forever, in my opinion. And I, 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 I'm assuming here in the next handful of years that Tim will be working on there, and then I, I bet he'll find his way down to the pitch and help you guys out down there. And it's a, it's exciting. It's a, it's a wonderful culture in the soccer team. You know, just the, like I said, that generational continuity aspect, and it, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. It looks like it. Uh, it all starts with Coach Wolf. Um, you know, I think when someone's been somewhere as long as he has, there's either a real uh, reluctance to learn and grow and change and kind of a stale feel to things, or there is a really unique, uh, you know, just evolution of a program. And I've been so impressed with him just, you know, uh, changing, learning, always wanting to get better as a coach and always asking really good questions on how can we morph as a program into something that fits what 2020 needs, not what two years ago needs or what 1990 need or 1992 uh, needed, right? So every year of soccer is changing in the world a little bit, and, and we're trying to just be on the front end of what's happening in the college soccer world at all times. And so, you know, he's where it starts, and then I so enjoy working with Tovi Eliasson who's uh, been an assistant with me. We, we're a partnership that I think has been really effective. And I think, you know, we, we basically started right around the same time at Westmont. And I think we, he and I together really complement coach and we all have different strengths and we all have different weaknesses. But as, you know, as, as a triangle of a, of a staff, I think it really works well. And, um, so, you know, I, you'd ask me, what do I enjoy about investing in the players? But I can, I, I need to also add just the investment in, in kind of the, the relationships as a coach. That's a really special piece to me. I work at Westmont. That's not something that a lot of, you know, I don't think the relationships as a staff is something that maybe is always at the forefront of, of other programs and may never be able to, to, to be something replicated without it being organic. But uh, it's a sweet, sweet deal for, for what we have here at Westmont. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I, I've had an absolute blast. I wanted to ask if there's anything specific you wanted to touch on before we wrap it up. Um, 
I have a lot of questions for you, but I've had to work really hard not, not to ask Go these questions it. because I feel like yeah, like oh yeah, yeah, huh? yeah. Get get ready, get ready for 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 for, uh, for, for a four hour marathon with me, okay? So <laughs> that, that, that. right on, no, I'm totally ready. You know, every podcast has their brand. You know, mine go 35 to 40. You know, yours no, can go no. four hours if you want. It can be like you know, people don't. No, have that might collapse right the internet. So, um, you know, I I think uh, you know maybe I'll touch on it here, and then we can touch on it on my podcast later on, but you know, I was a sports announcer in college. And so I did not know that. That's one of the reasons why I've so enjoyed watching you do what you did. I would announce for college soccer games uh, for the women's side. And then I'd always do basketball games. And I even did a couple baseball games. So, um, I don't know. It hasn't come (laughs) up yet. I can't, you can't, can't give away all the secrets here. Come on now. Um, but uh, I'll just say that's been something that I remember even to this day, and that's why I really enjoy seeing Ron and, and Timmy and, and, and the SID's office and all the student workers doing their craft because, you know, and the technology is a lot more limited when I was doing it there at, at Wheaton, but still really a lot of fun for me, and I learned a lot in that process. So um, just want to thank you for – for having me on and, and for the work you're doing for Westmont and, yeah, and cool. as a student. But I'll hit you with one question before uh, we end. What are things that you're learning from the coronavirus that you think you'll, 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 you'll remember for the rest of your life? Man, honestly, I, I, like a, on a serious one, like I was just talking to my girlfriend about this last night is like I, in kind of a sad, sobering way, I, I've realized I'm actually unsure of who I am without baseball and mm. without sports. And I feel like that's not good. Like, I, I, sh- I should have a more stable foundation in myself. And I, I think, you know, it's it's a time to dive a little bit more into my faith, you know, talk to God a little bit more than I think I have been. Because I, I, I don't think I have an unhealthy relationship with sports. I think when I was younger, I, I used to. I used to depend on it to the point where it would affect my moods day in and day out when I was playing, like in the, the worth that I would, you know, consider myself to have and my own value. But as I've grown up and, you know, gotten into broadcasting, especially I've learned just to love it wholeheartedly. But I realized like it's man, like, you know, all the, all the happy hormones, all the, you know, dopamine and serotonin. I think I get a lot of that from, you know, seeing a home run or, you know, the Dodgers signing an all-star player or, you know, Jonah finessing somebody and finishing inside the six. It's, it's something that I depend on throughout my routine. So I think I've just learned that I am unsure of my identity if I were not to be around sports for the rest of my life. And I think that, you know, in the coming months or however long it'll take, that won't be a problem. But I'd like to work on that to be able to know that, you know, when I'm away from the booth or the field, hmm. that I'll be all right. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think I think your world would look very different if we if it was – 20 years ago, wouldn't it? In terms, even this being an interest to you would have been a lot harder yeah. to execute. So you're coming coming through at the right time in history to be able to develop, I think, pretty rapidly as an announcer, as an interviewer, um, and being able to do it kind of self-sufficiently, too. Um, to, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, I've been joking with uh, my friends, too, that I'm hoping that when this you know, however long it takes that hopefully other young broadcasters have, have given up because they they have to go get real jobs. And I'm hoping I can hold up, hold off a, 
long enough to be able to get those jobs that open up when uh when yeah, the world I have an idea. Over. Why don't you come over at some point and you can narrate? <laughs> Actually, I think this would be really funny. I, I was joking, but now I realize this could be a really really funny thing. Uh, you come over and narrate a FIFA '93 game. <laughs> On Super Nintendo. Oh man, dude! I I, I commentate oh, my own video games in my house. I would love to. Really funny. Uh, there are no announcers in it, by the way. Uh, I, I, I I'm glad we're finishing where we started, which is with video games. But uh, there are no announcers. Just is this old like disco music in the background, and the <laughs> oh man, okay. What, what, Perfect. It, what, they what, knew. What, one they last knew. story about this since uh, since uh, it's a Saturday afternoon here at. Uh, during the coronavirus so the fifa 93 world um is i'm not even technically sure it's called fifa it maybe called world cup soccer at that point but you could there's there's a like a like a programming error on it so that if you shoot from a certain place near half field it always goes in <laughs> so I, so that's the way you can beat the game so you just have to get the ball and maybe uh you know just get get right to the area and then you shoot it's a, like a 50-yard bomb every time a goalie can't save it. So. Perfect, man. Well, yeah, there's no Lalo back there in you know, FIFA 93. Uh, I think I think even Lalo would have had a hard time with the shots. So, hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate yeah, it. Uh, certainly, yeah, of uh, course, man. I'm a big believer in what you're doing and uh, keep up the good work. So. I appreciate it. Also, I meant to mention this before, so I'm going to mention it just on air. I'm going to, you know, outro this with my music and I'm going to press stop, but I need you to stay in the conversation and not leave it yet, even after I'm done recording, because I don't know if you listened to my episode with Tim the other week, but we recorded a full episode of this. But since we both didn't stay on the app long enough for it to upload, we lost the whole episode and had to record it twice. And I've loved the conversation that we've had. So I'd like to keep this to one track. Um, as long as you'll make a million dollar donation to Westmont Soccer, when you make it to the big time, I'll stay on it. <laughs> Hundred percent. Just give me, give me okay. ten, maybe fifteen years. <laughs> hey, I'll stay on. All good. Awesome, man. I really appreciate it, Johnny. Awesome. So, for Johnny and me, we appreciate you listening at home. I got one more episode normally, and then another finale following that here, probably in the coming week. But for now, I am Jacob Norling, and this is my podcast next year. And I'm wishing you a very pleasant day wherever you may be. <laughs> <laughs>